All right, we are back. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. My next guest is Leah Segedi. She's founder and principal of Bukibu Network, ShiftCon Social Media Conference, Green Wellness Blogger Conference, and Momovation. And she's joining us right now. Good morning. Good morning. I was so intrigued by you. I said, oh, I'd love to have her on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wow, man, you're doing so much. Um, before we get into what you're doing, could you share what led up to how you found your focus, your passion? Well, um, I think I grew up like a lot of other people. Um, my mother went back to work, and, you know, she fed us um, a diet of processed food, and my grandma helped take care of us, and she was a very empowered woman. Um, and I think over the years, I probably just got really sick um, from all the type of chemicals that I was around, and my body must have been very sensitive to it, and I also became very overweight. Um, I got a little bit over a size 24 at my biggest, Um, and when I was in college, you know, I was doing my thing. I was an empowered woman. I started working. Um, I got married. Um, and then my husband and I, right away, we got pregnant. <laughs> it was very quick. <laughs> and a little bit after that, I discovered that my father had cancer. Oh, and it hit me really, really hard yeah. because the type of cancer that he got was called mesothelioma. And it's asbestos cancer. It's from being exposed to asbestos, which is an environmental toxin and nano, right. nanoparticle. What did he do for a living? Excuse he me. worked for the railroad. He worked for oh. Southern um, Pacific Railroad as a locomotive engineer. Okay. And so there's actually a lot of locomotive engineers and the engineers that fixed the, um, the trains that got very, very sick with mesothelioma. So it's, it's kind of well-known in the industry. And there's some industries that just have that, like, you know, um, people that work in construction and people that work in, you know, those types of, of industries would, would be, you know, exposed to it. Sure. So, you know, basically they they said my dad has like six months to live. And, you know, I couldn't even think about being a mother. All I could think about was my father was dying. Oh, my God, my father's dying. I quit my job and um, I went to help my mom take care of my dad for the last, you know, months of life that he had. And while I was pregnant, you know, my father was telling me, I'm going to see my first grandchild. I'm going to see my first grandchild. And he absolutely did. He lived longer than they thought he was. Um, We took really good care of him. um, And he lived to see uh, his first grandchild. And so the thing with taking care of someone who's dying is you emotionally take on a lot. And for some people, you can see it. You know, they, they react to it. For other people, we put it down inside of us, and we don't react to it, and we deal with it in other ways. And I just got really fat, basically, is what happened. Sure. Um, and I didn't know any different. I was drinking soda, pregnant, eating processed foods, doing all these things, you know, oh, that no. they recommend you don't. But right. I wasn't even paying attention to being pregnant. I was more paying attention to someone was dying. Right. So when my father finally did die, and my son was three months old when this happened, you know, I had that moment of crisis where I was like, who am I? What am I? This is, this is a new life, and it, and it hit me all at the same time. And I looked into the, the eyes of my son, and the only thing I could think of is, I just don't want you to be unhealthy. I don't want you to deal with the things that I just saw. I don't want this for you at all. And I knew at that point in my life that I was not the best role model 
model to show this type of lifestyle to my child, to right. change their life, to change the trajectory of what they were going to become. And it really hit me that I, 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 I need to change me. I, yeah. I need to do something. Right. It just, I needed to do it. It was that mother lion inside of me. It's that instinctual, you know, brain chemistry change yes. that happens to us as women once we give birth. You know, it's yeah. just, I don't know how else to describe it, but it's amazing and it's natural yeah. and it's cool. <laughs> yeah, it but I took that fuel that I had inside me and I started thinking about a new way to live. Mm-hmm. And what I wanted to do was just be healthier. I didn't know what that meant. Yeah. So the first thing I decided to do was kick Diet Coke to the curb, yes. which is exactly what I did. I literally, at that point, did not drink anymore. Yeah. And I was the six-pack of Diet Coke a right. day type of person. Oh that my was gosh. my water. I didn't even drink water oh, back then. Awful. I drank <laughs> Diet Coke. And sometimes a Diet Dr. Pepper. But yeah. most of the time it was a Diet Coke, you know, oh, no. because I thought that sugar was making me fat. And I right. thought that soda was making me fat, which is ironic. And, and now we know that the opposite is true. People yes. actually gain weight on diet soda, but that's right. a totally different story for another time right yeah. now. Um, so I did that, and I just started, oh, fast food was the other thing that I gave up. I gave up mm-hmm. fast food. I used to because my background is in politics. So right out of um, USC, that's where I went to school, yeah. I started working for the California State Assembly. I was working for different um, representatives up and down the state. I was a field rep. It was my job to go to every single rubber chicken dinner up and down um, our <laughs> district and to uh, talk about legislation, talk about things that were happening in the, in the district. And I was very busy. So I would be eating a lot of fast food and a lot of processed food. I don't think I literally cooked for years and years of my life. Awesome. So this was very different for me, too, to learn how to just kind of put stuff in a skillet um, and give up fast food and soda. Yes. But the first week I did that, I literally lost weight. Um, I just started walking around my complex. And yeah. the other thing to note about me is I have a condition called hip dysplasia. So I it makes that. it so that if I get, when I get heavy, my hips start to kind of work against me, and it's, it's very difficult to walk sometimes. So I was also dealing with that. Um, so it really was like uh, this mother lion inside of me walking and yes. doing all these things and changing my lifestyle. But it started with my children, and it started with really, really, really simple steps like that. Um, and it took yeah. two years. Yeah. And after two years, I lost, wow, well over 100 and I think it was 117 pounds or 107 pounds Whoa. or something like that after two years. I mean, it, I, I will not say it came off easily, but I will say that that was the point in my life when I definitely made healthy decisions a priority in my life or decisions to role model my behavior for my children a priority in my life. Right. And that's just my story. I changed me because I wanted my child to have something different than what I had. And, it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't anything against my mom because my mother didn't know back then. Nobody knew back then. You know, it was, it's so funny. You look at some of the KFC ads back in the 60s, and they literally align up with, like, feminist um, imagery and things right. that you would talk to to each other about we're empowered women, therefore we need fast food because we're going to go to work. And so those were the types of themes that um, fast food took advantage of when when we were, when when our mothers were, you know, having us. And so it it makes perfect sense that if they were a working professional, they would be using these types of things. Now today we know that, you know, all of that was marketing. We've all seen Mad Men. We know how it goes, you know. Um, Millions and millions and millions of dollars are spent to convince people that this is the best stuff since sliced bread and it's great for you. And then as we became a society that relied on processed food, soda, all of these things, 
we started to get really sick. So um, it's a matter of perspective. Um, and so that's kind of the beginning of my story. And, and the story of the weight loss, if people want to know specifics, it's I ended up, um, I did start with Weight Watchers. Weight Watchers was great for me because it taught me a structure that I, that I really, I'm really structure-oriented, so it was really good for me. But then, you know, I didn't stay there because Weight Watchers has a lot of processed foods that they push on you, so I was yes. never really eating what they gave me. I realized very quickly that if I ate a ton of vegetables and fruit, I could eat a lot more of everything. And so I, toured, I tended to um, gravitate towards a low glycemic diet, which is kind of similar to what you would give someone who was a diabetic, um, low in carbohydrates and sugar, obviously. And I could eat a ton and feel really good, and I got a ton of exercise. Um, the more, uh, the smaller I got, the more I was able to do, which was, which is interesting because you know I had my ligaments and I was, you know, easy, it's easier to bend and stretch and sure. do all those things. Yeah. And I ended up doing Taibo and kickboxing, which today is still my love because what other exercise other than karate can you do that gives you like the empowerment feeling oh, and also is you know you can kick someone's butt, you yeah. know. And then Nice. Also, um, you're you're having a great time at the at the same time and losing weight and burning calories, and I really liked um, that workout. So that was that was also really helpful in me losing that weight in two years. I mean, uh, if I was doing something that was probably not as high intensity as that, it might have been it taken me a little longer. But because I really liked that, that was that was wonderful. Um, yeah, that's and unbelievable. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool story. I mean, mm-hmm. when you talk about get the funk out, I mean, yeah. I'm obviously, you know. I think sometimes some of us need to hit rock bottom, yes. and I think I was one of those people that hit rock bottom. And, you know, when you're at the bottom of the whatever you're at in yeah. the deep, dark hole and you're laying on the ground, the only place to, to see is up. That's right. And yeah. so that's kind of what I did is I laid down there and looked up and said, this is what I have to do. Now, I wouldn't say it was easy, and I, and I will not say to you that I... I saw myself losing over 100 pounds because I did not. I, I actually, in order to psychologically, you know, make this work in my brain, you know, mm-hmm. it's such a big, overwhelming, Huge. you know, feat. Right. I really had to take a bite of this elephant one bite at a time. Mm-hmm. I really did. So I, I ended up doing like, you know, five pounds. You know, I just like, yeah. I, I focused on that five pound um, marker. And every time I would get to five pounds and I'd be five pounds lighter, yes. I would be, you know, I always weighed myself naked on the scale which is hysterical and at the same time and, and then and I would like dance naked on the scale <laughs> <laughs> it was like this fun thing that I would just do um and so I would look forward to it so I had these little markers that would break up a big project and anytime I take on a big project you know it's, it's pretty much the same thing from weight loss to running a conference to operating a network and you know all the other things that I do it's it's taking a big thing and bringing it up into little chunks that I'm able to chew and swallow easier that's great and then you now you're into all these other things. Tell me about Bookie Boo Network. I love the name. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Um, the Bookie Boo Network is an influencer network that I operate. We have just over about 10,500 bloggers. And it's essentially because I've been working in social media for 10, I think, 11 years now. And mm-hmm. all of the relationships with other influencers that I, ha- that I have 
is my network, essentially. Okay. And it's, you know, network owners are really interesting people because we've been around forever. <laughs> a lot of us have. Um, a lot of the network owners end up uh, u- utilizing a niche. So I am a green wellness niche. So the vast majority of my bloggers, not all of them, but a lot of them are, you know, light green, green. They're foodies. They're wellness. They're, you know, digital moms. They're mm-hmm. similar to me in one sense. Right. And they know that the brands that I bring them will be non-GMO, won't have preservatives, additives, um, you you know, we look at the personal care products and make sure that they don't have endocrine disrupting chemicals, same in the cleaning products. I spec out everything so they know what I'm going to give them is pure and something that they can recommend to other people. So Very that's nice. um, what I am known for. I also operate a conference with these bloggers, which is so amazing. It's called ShiftCon Social Media Conference. The next one we're having is in February of next year. It's actually going to be a year from now, about the same time. And, um, you know, that's where I get everybody together. We, you know, we end up having, oh, geez, anywhere from like three to 500 people there. We have um, anywhere from 70 to 80 brands there, the expo, you know, uh, all natural and organic brands, ones that I would work with, personal care products as well. You know, uh, we end up going 24 workshops and panels, speakers. I mean, we end up getting like 40 to 65 speakers every year. It's just, it's like an amazing, um, it's an amazing community of love, mm-hmm. and we get together once a year to talk about the science um, behind, you know, the issues that are important to us with sustainability and, you know, trying to um, steer people away from foods and, and products that have endocrine-disrupting chemicals and the science behind all of these things. We bring in scientists. We bring in professionals to educate the influencers. It's a lot of fun to put on, and it really makes me feel like I'm really impacting the world and especially the grocery store because, you know, at the end of the day, what I really want to do, and this is in my social media work, you know, it reflects the, you know, the path that I've taken. And, you know, ever since I had that, I would say, come to Jesus moment Mm -hmm. when I was at my deepest and darkest, I wanted to be healthier. I wanted my kids to be healthier. I wanted everybody to be healthier, essentially. And it's kind of it, it's kind of selfish for me because I want to go to the grocery store and see healthier things. So <laughs> it's it's also selfish because no, I want I to understand. see these things happen and I want to be able to, you know, I want to be able to benefit from them as well. So, right. you know, a lot of my work is about cleaning up the grocery store and helping these brands move from what they are now to something that is better and healthier and better for everybody, you know, including the farmer and the digital mom can consumer and, you know, anybody who's consuming it or in, right. in the process of, right. of um, being involved with it. I want everything to just be better. And we use social media, um, mm-hmm. my groups of bloggers and me, to pressure, you know, to write about it. We, prim- we, we, we write about it. We educate people. We use um, a lot of science and research, you know, based on, you know, what, what we know is happening out there right now. Right. You know, a lot of this stuff is tied into climate change because the same things that are harming the planet are also harming us. Okay, so hold on one second. Do you want to share some of the things, a few key things that you're finding out? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if you really want to look into uh, the big bad monster right now, Mm -hmm. there's, you know, something out there called, and it's a category of chemicals called endocrine-disrupting chemicals. And basically what endocrine-disrupting chemicals are, are they're chemicals that mess with your endocrine system and your hormones. Now, people think of hormones like, you know, hey, sexy, but really your hormones are kind of like these little traffic signal guys. They, your, your hormones are these chemicals that are created, and these chemicals tell your body to do, what to do, where to go, how to function. So it's really, really important that your hormones are working correctly. And the kind of things that endocrine-disrupting chemicals cause are a lot of the chronic diseases that we're seeing 
out there like fatigue, anxiety, depression, infertility, obesity is a really, really big one that they cause, cancer, right. you know, people having memory fog and lowering of their IQ, behavioral issues like ADHD. The, all those things are linked to endocrine disrupting chemicals. So what are they? Well, a lot of these chemicals are things like pesticides that you find that are sprayed on your food, um, uh, fire retardants. Those are things that, you know, that are inside your clothing, in the carpet, in the furniture, Teflon pans. So if right. you guys have those non-sticky Teflon pans, those are also um, coated with endocrine-disrupting chemicals, things that would do that. Fast food packaging. It, it, people oh, are pretty uh, amazed by this. Yeah. Um, so it's like the fast food companies are getting better. You know, they're doing things like taking antibiotics out of chicken or, you know, removing certain ingredients. But what they're still doing is they're wrapping their products in this paper that has, that's coated with like a grease resistant coating. Oh, yeah. And right. that coating leaches onto your food and is really bad. It's actually worse than the burger itself. So if you were to eat a cheeseburger, I would actually make an argument that the cheeseburger might be safer than the wrapper oh, no. that it's exposed <laughs> to. Yeah, and, and the French fries and all that. Did you hear, so, excuse me, did you hear what was announced, I think it was yesterday, the day before, about the lice chemicals that now they're calling causing behavior problems? Yeah, and you know what, that's kind of been a thing for a while. Of course. Those types of things have been a thing for a while. It's just, you know, social media is is what helps it come to light very yeah. quickly, like within yeah. the matter of days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's that sort of thing, like kids are making these little borax um, mixtures in their home, and they're like these silly putty things. Yes. And it's made of borax. Well, borax isn't too bad unless you inhale it and smell it. And then if it gets into your lungs, then it causes a big problem. Well, these kids don't really, they're not like, you know, scientists. They don't know how to deal with these types of chemicals in a lab. You know, I put borax in cleaning products that I do myself, but I'm very careful when I put it in there. But their kids are getting it into their lungs. It's causing, you know, disruption. It's causing problems. So, yeah, the great thing about social media is that we can learn about these things within minutes or within days or weeks as opposed to back in the day, right. <laughs> it would yeah. take years and years and years for people to even get an understanding of it. And then it's like 10 years before your pediatrician actually does something about it. You know, it's, it's, it's right. interesting um, how quickly. But I would say, you know, get the funk out. You've got, you've got this great platform. You know, what I would say for something, you know, that, that's very relevant to the work I do today, yes. um, lowering your chemical, like things that you purchase, the things that you buy with chemicals in it, lowering that just a little bit. You know, like if you use, the average woman I think uses about 13 to 14 personal care products a day. Okay. And a lot of those products have fragrance in them. That, that word fragrance on that bottle yes. literally could mean phthalates, which is an endocrine disrupting chemical, and it's a really bad one. So, I mean, just a matter of dumbing down the products that you're using on your body every day will do a big, huge thank you to your body, because your body won't have to deal with getting that funk out every single day. Yeah, you're right. It could be the simplest thing from the deodorant you're using to the makeup on your face to whatever. Yes, it really could be. It really could be. And the science is really sound. It's 25 years of science behind what we're talking about. And it's so, it's like the, the years and years and years go by the more we know that this stuff is actually really harming us. They just did the study and found that the United States alone spends $340 billion on health effects that are related to these chemicals. Wow. In the Union, European Union, I think that number is $260 billion. So, you know, we're seeing it here in the United States. We're seeing it in Europe. Um, Europe is starting to take action and start to regulate and ban it. They're looking into certain phthalates that they're going to be banning. Um, the United States 
we're a different issue because, you know, our, politi- our politics are set up differently than they are in Europe. In Europe, they're concerned first about, you know, the health and safety of the citizens because they have public health care, which means they have to pay for it. So if they have to pay for it, they care about it. In the United States, it's very different. Everyone's kind of like on their own for insurance, even though we have Obamacare and that kind of stuff. It's still really a system that we have to pay for. Um, and so because of that, you know, we're more about the economy than we are safety. And so, you know, that's one of the reasons why Europe is 260 and we're 340. We have way more of that stuff over here. So we allow a lot more stuff over here. And so what do you do when you're an American? You just make a decision with your voting habits. Now, one of the things that I I love about being a woman, I always say to, I always say to people, and this is, you're a woman, so this is awesome. You'll get it. Mm -hmm. Men got us into this mess and it's women who are going to have to get us out of this mess. That's what it feels like. (laughs) It, and women are understanding of these issues. So if you talk to a woman, she gets it really quickly. A mm-hmm. dude, not so much. It takes yeah. them a little bit longer to come around to yeah. it. But we understand. But yeah. we're also the pocketbook of the family. We direct traffic, the purchases, the time, the calendar, all of those things. So we have more power in this system than the men actually do. Right. So the only thing we have to do is vote with our dollar. And that literally means one day you decide to give your money to these companies that are harming people and harming the planet and harming everything else. You just decide to give your money to other people. And that's a bigger vote than the actual vote you get because it's a direct vote. It's an immediate vote. And when people make that vote together, which they are, and things are changing really quickly right now, those companies start to lose money. And once they start to lose money, they start changing really quickly because their shareholders are not happy with them. And so at the end of the day, women, that's why I say women, we are changing this world based on the the things that we're purchasing every day and the things that we're sharing online. And so if we can continue doing that and get more aggressive doing that, we can change the world quicker and we can do it on our own. We don't need them. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you go, girl. All right. So I also want to mention before we wrap up, you were mentioned as um, somebody who's very influential in school nutrition. Yes. um, Lunches, uh, school lunches are really important to me. Um, I have three young boys, mm-hmm. and all of them, or two of them are in a public school system, one of them is in a private preschool, but all three of them will be in public schools next year. Um, we, I pack my kids' lunches almost every day, but there's like two, three days a, a month, I would say, that they eat in school lunch. And I needed to investigate what it was. So I went to <laughs> the school district and basically said, what are your ingredients to the food you're serving my son? And they handed me nutritional information. I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want to know the calories. I don't want to know the sodium. I don't want, I don't care about any of that stuff. Right. I want to know what's in it. Yeah. And it took a really long time to get it. And I actually had to go down to the school district and sit in the office and just say, I'm not leaving. You're just going to hand this to me to get it. And I'm not even joking about that. And finally, yeah. when I did get it, I sat there and I, I just asked for something like the chicken nuggets or something. Yeah. And I read over 64 ingredients in the chicken nuggets. In a chicken nugget. You don't what? need 64 ingredients, but apparently they do. And it just kind of got me really interested in what are these kids eating? They're eating it every day. You know, I'm noticing, you know, a lot of milk. Um, and from, or, uh, and from, Watching what's happening in school lunches, the vast majority of all the money in that school lunch is spent on the milk. And then not only do you get a milk, but you get another dairy, you get another dairy, you get another dairy, you get another dairy. It's not like you're not getting dairy in your meal, but they're forced to spend money on this milk. So I started looking into the milk. 
Mm-hmm. And the milk actually has levels of phthalates in it, the go. endocrine disrupting chemical that I was telling you about before. Now, yeah. how do the phthalates get into the milk? Well, what basically happens when you're at a dairy is they, they, they have this tubing and this, you know, this kind of like machine that milks the cow. Well, that tubing, the milk goes through this tubing. That tubing is made of phthalates. So when the warm milk goes through that tubing, it ends up getting the phthalates start leaching into oh the milk. Then gosh. when it's processed, they have vats with tops, and they have, yes. you know, they're handling it with their gloves, and the plasticizers are getting into the milk. Now, this wouldn't be bad if it was not harmful. It wouldn't be a big deal. So the milk is actually... Um, and, and all those phthalates are contained in the fat of the milk. So if you're drinking, unfortunately, and I hate this because I love full-fat milk, but if you're yeah. drinking full-fat milk, you're getting a higher level of phthalates than if you were drinking fat-free or low-fat milk. So the, for that reason alone mm. is the only one that reason I recommend it because right. if we're talking about chemicals and we're talking about dairy products and we're talking about animal products, the fat yes. is not your friend. Right. Um, I know, ironically. And mm-hmm. um, that goes against a lot of what people are saying now in the wellness industry, but I'm the one who's coming in with the chemicals, and so I know where the chemicals are, well, and, and that's I, where they hide. They hide I, in the fat. I do want to add, before we wrap up, um, thanks to you, in 2015, the American Association of Pediatrics kicked Monsanto out as a sponsor after having a meeting with you. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yes, they did. Um, I uh, love to be able to bring to organizations that I don't think are necessarily... I think the American Association of Pediatrics is a positive organization. Mm-hmm. And I saw that they, were, they had a special project and sponsorship with Monsanto. And I was very uncomfortable with that. And um, I reached out to them, and I know their spokesperson. Their spokesperson is on my scientific advisory team, so mm-hmm. their head pediatrician that they put on the television, she's a very close colleague of mine, set up a meeting with me to discuss with them why being with Monsanto was not in their best interests. And after I explained to them, you know, the trust issue that they were going to lose, right. they agreed with me. And right. so they got rid of Monsanto. Right. And um, okay, it, so was, it was really nice because I'm not a big fan of that company. Of course. <laughs> no, me, neither am I. Okay, so we have to wrap up, but I would love to have you come back on the show again. Yes, I'd love to come back. Thank you so much. That would be great. And uh, I'll be at the keynote. Uh, I had Cheryl O'Loughlin of... Uh, the, she used to be the CEO of Cliff Bar on the show last week, so I know she's going to be speaking Wednesday. Yes, I'm actually going to be there, so yes, you so should see me. Good. Yeah, Wednesday morning, it's like at 9 or something I like that. I think it's 8.30. I'll look it up. Yeah. 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 So I, will, I would love to meet you, so I'll see you then. Oh, thank you so much, and thanks right. for having me oh, on. Oh, my pleasure. Okay, so we have to wrap up. If you missed any part of today's show, uh, that was Leah Segetti, then it will be up on my blog. I have all her info on there, all her links, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And that's a wrap for me. Again, you can find KUCI on Twitter at KUCI-FM, Instagram, KUCI-FM. We're on Tumblr, <laughs> blog.kuci.org, and Facebook, kci eighty eight nine. And uh, I'll be back next week. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. And Sheldon Abbott is standing by to take over with Cure for the Blues. Have a great day, everyone. 